This is Ahmed Sharif and welcome to the Lead by DH Radio. As the second wave of the pandemic grips the country, there is a solution in sight. Vaccine. Come May 1st, those above 18 in India will be eligible for the vaccine against COVID-19. To talk about vaccine, today we have Dr. Rajesh Parikh who has recently authored the book titled The Vaccine Book for COVID-19. Dr. Parikh is the Director of Medical Research and Honorary Neuropsychiatrist at the Jastalok Hospital and Research Center. He is an adjunct professor of psychiatry at the University of Iowa, Carver College of Medicine and a former WHO global expert in depression. Trained at the Seth GS Medical College and the KEM Hospital, Mumbai and the John Hopkins University School of Medicine, Dr. Parikh with Harvard Medical School conducted a large study on stress and depression among college students in Boston and Mumbai. Hi, Dr. Parikh, and welcome to DH Radio. Hi, Amit. Pleasure to be with you. Yes, it's it's fantastic to have you. Doctor, my first question to you is, we all know that vaccines are important and there is no doubt about it. And this first question has two parts. You know, the attenuated virus, right? The vaccines which have the concept of attenuated virus seems to be more effective one. And why are there no vaccines for COVID-19 under this category? That is the first. And the second is, have we not experimented like Jenner, you know, looking at similar viruses which are less virulent but produce an, you know, effective immune response that can that can attack the SARS-CoV-2 virus? Can you tell us about that? Okay, Amit. So let's get to your first question. As you are aware, but I'm not sure if all our listeners are aware, an attenuated virus is a weakened virus, a weakened version of the same virus, for example, in polio or historically in smallpox. Well, smallpox is not exactly attenuated because they use the cowpox virus, but a similar virus. But polio is an attenuated or weakened virus. The great advantage of the attenuated viruses is because we are using a weakened version of the same virus, the immunity lasts for a very long time, almost lifelong. And uh, therefore, all it requires is one dose and sometimes a booster dose. So one or two doses of an attenuated virus gives us lifelong immunity. However, a lot of research goes into these attenuated viruses. One has to, of course, ensure that the virus is completely attenuated. There is no danger because otherwise it can result in death. And incidentally, this happened several decades ago with polio. There was a laboratory in California called the Cutter Laboratory. And one batch of its uh, vaccines Uh, The virus wasn't attenuated enough. It uh, resulted in 10 deaths, but hundreds of young children who got polio, and I believe about 250 of them who were crippled. So it's like a two-edged knife. You know, it can help, but it can also be very dangerous and therefore has to be prepared very carefully. Now, as you know, the vaccines this time have been prepared at super fast speed, a process which normally takes anywhere from 9 to 12 years has been compressed into less than a year. So that's not enough time to ensure the safety with uh, an attenuated virus. And that's why other types of vaccines have been made. In terms of your second question, Ahmed, what specifically did you want me to touch upon? The the other vaccine candidates, right, they use the adenovirus uh, as the means of... Yeah. And yes. having like having not followed uh, you know similar example of the, uh, as you've written about Jenna where he used the cowpox virus to treat the smallpox. So is there a similar right. possibility with covid is what my question was. Uh, well, uh, you know the coronaviruses and similar viruses are uh, tough candidates to deal with. Right now the focus 
has been on speed, on getting out what we want as quickly as possible. If you see the efficacy across the board of different vaccines, they range from 70 to, in some cases, even 95%. And uh, we are now not looking for the perfect vaccine, but for a vaccine that works, can be manufactured quickly, that can be deployed quickly. And the need of the R is to vaccinate as many people across the world as quickly as possible. So undoubtedly, there will be uh, more development. In fact, uh, by December of this year, we may have um, a, a vaccine from the AstraZeneca people, but another vaccine which addresses the mutant strains. So it's, it's an ongoing process. Uh, doctor, you have specifically emphasized, you know, even in the book that, you know, everyone should be vaccinated. And and we are at a point where, you know, uh, there's a vaccine shortage and the health infra is being overwhelmed. And you can see on social media, you know, uh, people running health and skelter for, uh, you know, basic necessities like oxygen. You know, uh, in this situation, what are the best methods that you would recommend local authorities, you know, to uh, to take so that, you know, the, uh, the health infrastructure is not overwhelmed at the same time you are curbing the spread of the virus? Okay, so for Amit, uh, you know, for the past three months, we have been pleading that vaccination be opened up to all above 18. Now, that has happened very recently. In fact, I believe it will happen from the 1st of May. So that's a welcome step. Uh, for about two months, we've been pleading that vaccines from across the world should be allowed into the country. That has happened, so that's or happening rather. So that's a mm -hmm. welcome step. But there's a third thing that we've been asking for. And I'm sure that's also going to happen. It's just that, you know, we've been a little slow to react. And the third thing is that, you know, general practitioners, nursing homes, small clinics should all be allowed to vaccinate. You know, most of the vaccinations across the world are being carried out by nurses. It's a very, very simple process. Just about anybody can do it. Uh, of course, it cannot be self-administered. And uh, there is a risk of allergies. But for that, uh, one needs to have steroids and, you know, other drugs uh, on standby. That is also very, very easy to procure, very simple. Most doctors have them with them because any injection that they give, even an antibiotic, can have an allergic reaction. So our plea has been to now open up vaccination for administration. I have a feeling that's going to happen very soon. And then I think uh, we should be in good shape. Uh, of course, the shortage uh, will take a while to be bridged. All right. Uh, doctor, also in the book, you've spoken about the vaccine race. And clearly, you know, we have reached a point. We've reached the finishing point in this in this race. Uh, no, is also the main point that I would like you to tell us that is the government's authorization for emergency use of some vaccines, you know, justified? Should we have waited for more data? Or is it the situation is so grim that, you know, we should allow, uh, you know, these vaccines to come out in the market? What do you think? <laughs> well, well, you know, in multiple choice questions in uh, the old days, we used to have an option which was all of the above. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm tempted to use that option and I'll tell you why. Yes, it was premature. Uh, you know, the approval that Covaxin got uh, nowhere in the world in the history of vaccination has any vaccine got approval, even for emergency authorization. Uh, prior to uh, phase three data, the government gave it, but it turned out it was a good decision. It turned out retrospectively, at that, that time it didn't look like a good decision, but retrospectively, the data that was published in The Lancet uh, justified that decision. Therefore, yes, it turns out to have been right. And uh, yes, extraordinary circumstances call for extraordinary measures, but I don't think this should be a pattern. I don't think we should do it again. 
you know, it's like, uh, uh, let's say you're getting late, you need to catch a flight, you drive on the wrong side of the road, and you, because that's against the traffic, and you make it, you take risks, but you make it. And uh, what will somebody tell you? Well, you did it at three in the morning, there wasn't much traffic, the risk was low, but there was a substantial risk. Okay, congrats, you made it to your flight, please don't make it a habit. <laughs> It's it's like the once in a lifetime sin, if I can call it. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's once in a lifetime, but I'm afraid that's not the way it's going to be. Uh, you know, we we don't seem to learn from our mistakes. Uh, doctor, again, your book is like a guide to understanding, uh, you know, how vaccines work, and I really appreciate that. And you have explained it not just historically, but also, you know, the politics and economics behind, you know, a simple thing as vaccine. You now we see, uh, you know, the material to manufacture is running out, and especially SI has asked the US to lift, you know, the embargo on the raw materials. Now, why why is this? Like, do we, as a country, do we have the, uh, you know, capability to locally source material, or what is the logistics behind it? Uh, do we lack the technology or do we don't have the material what is it uh, well i thank you for your kind words about the book uh, so to give an example since you brought up si uh, you know the vaccine that they make has 37 ingredients in it 37 raw materials in it mm-hmm. and not all of these raw materials are readily available in our country uh, so some of them uh, need to be imported but i look at it this way you know, there was a time when we had exported more vaccines than we had given our own people. We had exported, I think, about seven crore vaccines and vaccinated, you know, less than that number, which I think was a sensible thing to do because uh, it is in our enlightened self-interest to have goodwill in the world and also to do whatever we can to control the pandemic outside our borders as well. You know, vaccine has to be a vaccines and their manufacture, their administration, deployment, all that has to be a global effort because the virus doesn't respect borders, the virus doesn't respect military arsenals. As long as a few people in uh, Africa say are unsafe, we're all unsafe. Let us never forget that this whole global pandemic, which has brought the world to its knees, started with one individual in one wet market in Wuhan. We all need to work together. I have a feeling that uh, the US will lift the embargo because it's in their own enlightened self-interest to do so. And the current uh, administration in the United States seems to think, uh, you know, beyond uh, beyond uh, the next day. Uh, Dr. Nadar, this question is, you know, a uh, pretty silly one, if I can uh, label that. So, uh, you know, as a second wave engulfs us, and you know, there are other parts of the world, like Canada is talking about a third wave, you know, and in, in all these cases, the main focus is on the vaccines. And uh, there is like a worldwide shortage of this because there's a limited production. Now, uh, you know, there have been cases in, uh, I think it was in Uttar Pradesh where this one person had gone to take the vaccine, but, uh, you know, a COVID vaccine, but uh, instead the person was administered a rabies vaccine. Uh, you know, oh my uh, God, I didn't know this. Okay, it was, it was a very hilarious. Uh, but the thing is that, you know, a, a lot many people have asked me this also. Like, suppose if I take a vaccine of one particular brand, like say uh, Covaxin, and my second booster shot is from SSI, will it help me or will it work? Like, can they do mix and match of vaccines just to, you know? Well, well that's an excellent, excellent question. And it's in the process of being answered. For example, uh, you know, vaccines can also be mixed and given at the same time, as in the case of the DPT vaccine, which we have all taken. That's uh, diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus. They're three different vaccines mixed together and given in one shot. 
But again, everything is so preliminary. In fact, in some countries, research is on its way to see whether this mix and match approach will work or not. Uh, as of now, we don't know. So it's uh, you know better to be safe, as the cliche goes, rather than be sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. the rabies story. It's probably because you know the rabies vaccine is called Rabies Shield. So somebody may have mixed <laughs> up Rabies Shield with Covid Shield. But no harm in that. No harm, I'm saying, in terms of getting the rabies vaccine. Of course, harm in terms of not getting the right vaccine. But the wrong vaccine or a little more vaccine, you know, it's it's not a huge disaster. Should not happen. Uh, on the other hand, I'm not defending it. But it's, you know, understandable when you're doing something on such a monumental scale. Few glitches here and there are to be expected. Doctor, this is my final question to you. And uh, you have written previously, uh, the other book is about, you know, explaining the how the entire pandemic works and uh, the other factors associated with it. And now you've written about a vaccine. Now, is there another book online on anything about the post-pandemic? <laughs> you have already given hints about AI in medicine. So can we expect something? Yeah, yeah I'm actually working on that. And it's interesting that you asked me uh, this question right now. I've actually enjoyed talking to you. So, uh, you know, even if it's a final question, I've enjoyed my conversation with you so far. I'm working on several things, but, you know, it's a bit premature for me to talk about them because, you know, the nature of writing is such that until you're done and published, you're never really sure. Uh, so I do spend a few hours writing every day. Working from home has afforded that luxury to me. Yes, I hope to have a few more books uh, in the near future. And I hope that I will have the pleasure of chatting with you about them too. I would, I will be waiting. I would be waiting. I'll be happy to do this. It's fantastic. And I'm okay. happy that you said that there are more books on the line. So I'll, I'll keep my dates booked for that then. <laughs> oh my God. Now you're adding pressure to me. But I'll try to, I'll try to live up to that. Sure, Doctor. It was wonderful and great to uh, chat with you. Thanks a lot for giving your inputs to DH Radio. Fantastic. Thank, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Ahmad. That's all in today's episode. Tune in this evening on our news update podcast from the newsroom to catch all the exciting developments of the day and to get the news while it's still budding. For latest news and updates, log on to www.deckandherald.com. Check out our e-paper at www.deckandheraldepaper.com. To read news on the go, sign up to our Telegram channel t.me slash News. Keep up with the news from your interested sphere by downloading the all-new Herald app, in which you can personalize, have quick glance at news shots, check highlights and even listen too. You can get it from Google Play Store and Apple App Store and you can find the links to the same in the description.